today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Well, Ontario held its first cap-and-trade auction yesterday and sold out all the uh, the current allowances. What's this thing all about, and is it really going to benefit us? Well, joining us to talk about this is Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University here in Hamilton. How are you doing this morning, Marvin? I'm fine, thank you, Bill. Good. Listen, I, I almost hesitate to raise concerns about things like cap-and-trade policies here because I usually get accused of being an environmental Luddite that I, you know, you don't care about the—I do care about the environment. But I'm not so sure this is the best way to do this. What are your thoughts on, on, the, on the theory of cap-and-trade to begin right. with? Well, let, let's let's tell everyone what the theory of cap and trade let's is. Let's do that. So, an, any economy that has ever tried to do this has gone the following route. On a day one, let's say yesterday, we add up all the carbon emissions that are happening in our country, and we say, or in our province in this case, and we say that's the maximum. Let's put a cap on that. And what we're going to say to the business community is, okay. That's all right for this year. You can produce carbon at that level. But next year, we're going to ratchet down the cap ever so slightly. So just to use a simple example, if there was a million tons of carbon dioxide released this year, next year, well, maybe we're going to reduce it to 950,000 tons. And we give you advance warning. And why we do that is then you will invest in things for your factory that's going to cause you to release less carbon dioxide. Now, if you can't or you can't build it fast enough, then you buy an allowance. And you buy an allowance to allow you to go over your cap. Uh, obviously, if on the other hand you invested in some technology and you have dramatically reduced your carbon dioxide emissions, you've got extra quota lying around, you can sell it on the market, and that's why we get this cap and trade. On one hand, we're going to reduce it. On the other hand, if you're really good, you can trade it to other people. And over time, I keep bringing the cap down lower and lower and lower, and over time, I'm basically forcing the change. So you're right. Yesterday, Ontario had its first auction of these uh, quotas, if you will, and they sold out. And that in itself is really quite amazing, Bill. Uh, Ontario joined forces with Quebec and California doing this. And the last time Quebec and California had one of these auctions, they only sold 25% of their uh, quota. And that made us wonder whether the business community understood or really were playing along. But yesterday, Ontario was very successful. They sold it all. Also, now the question is, are people simply buying the quota uh, and not planning to change? So the only way this is going to work is not this year, not 2017, but by 2018-19, that as the government brings the cap down, ratchets down the amount of carbon dioxide, we actually see the business community do something. The skeptics, what they're worried about is that the business community has an alternative, and that is to say, I'm not really interested in playing ball with Ontario, so if Ontario is going to do this, we're going to pack up and move to a place that doesn't care about the environment the same way. Oh, like so, the United States, maybe. Right, like Ohio, maybe, yeah, or Pennsylvania. Yeah. Maybe they're not doing cap and trade, but they're still close by, so I may pick up and go, or what I might do is move my... Um, my polluting part of my business to Ohio, leave the other part here. The polluting part is typically the manufacturing part. Those are those good jobs, sometimes for people who don't necessarily have the highest levels of income. Those are the people already feeling squeezed, if you will, in our economy. Is that going to happen? And the problem I have in talking to you about this, Bill, is that cap and trade is so new and so limited in its deployment, we just don't know which way business is going to do. Are they going to do the, if you will, novel thing, the right thing, 
and really reduce their emissions, or are they simply going to pack up and move to other environments that let them pollute? We just don't know. But yesterday was a successful day. I honestly thought today we'd be talking about how poorly attended the auction was, how badly sold those things were. And instead, it, it worked pretty well, at least in terms of the sale part of these quota. Yeah, I'd be interested to find out the motivation for the people that bought this stuff up, though. Are they doing it because they believe in the program, or are they doing it to hedge their bets? Are they going to sell these things off? In other words, this could be, this is like land speculation for some people, isn't it? I mean, they buy into this stuff knowing that this is going to be a hot commodity at some point in the future. Yeah, it's hard, and again, it's hard to answer your question, Bill. Some of them are people who've got a commitment to uh, producing and being part of the Canadian landscape. So if you took a look at the list, you would have seen the Toronto Airport Authority. They're buying the credits on behalf of all the planes coming and going. They'll pass any additional fees on through landing costs. But they're saying, we can't pack up and go. We're the Toronto Airport. We can't really be the Toronto Airport in Ohio. Shell Canada, uh, Imperial Oil, uh, Petro-Canada, they say, well, we've got all these gas stations here. We're selling gas. There's not that much we can do to make it less polluting, so we've got that commitment where we're staying. And certainly those companies who, who didn't seem to have many alternatives, they were at the auction. The bigger interesting question would be, say, the car companies for General Motors, um, Chrysler, who have promised significant investments in the Canadian economy, they may have been at the auction yesterday uh, buying those credits because they're fine with it at the moment, but as they make longer-term decisions about which plants to keep open and where to shift production, we may see this used as an argument for why they're moving elsewhere. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.